Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org lost. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. A roast as dark as the night, perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes, he's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of Spring Hill Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> How to start this one, Jake? Uh, Tomorrow's child destined to take you away. <laughs> Tomorrow's child. <laughs> it is I, your purple dr- figment dragon, uh, Holden McNe- Bruiser Holden McNeely. That's right. The beloved mascot, Figment, uh, who I was actually quite obsessed with in my day. And Jajai, the dream finder. <laughs> All right, Welcome, Figment. Really. My imagination is running wild. Dream fighter, I thought that we <laughs> asked you to not come back. Guys, it's a gizmos and whispers were whabbing. We eliminated you. We only kept Figment for good reason. Oh, a rainbow. I'll use that to play with. Uh, we, all, we all found your secret room. <laughs> that you keep in your house. I leave the door open. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, Jake? <laughs> Hello, I'm Jeremy Irons. From the beginning, mankind has always wanted to use video conferencing. That's right. This whole ride is leading up to video conferencing. We are truly a spaceship in Earth, and also Earth, and also a spaceship. Imagine in the future when you can... Uh, watch a video of your nephew graduating from across the lands, and you go, yep, this is as good as it will ever get. I'm Jeremy Irons. You've and been I'm waiting Martin three Short, hours. I'm going to teach you kids what fucking is. Oh, oh, thought, the wonders, the making of me, Holden. If you thought this intro was weird, that's because the topic this week, I would say, is one of the weirder ones, at I least Walter in terms Cronkite, of Disney. And I have watched the president's head get destroyed, <laughs> and now I'm going to tell you about the history of communication. Good Lord. Hi there. I'm Ellen DeGeneres. Don't worry. I haven't become evil yet because it's 1996. Have you ever wondered how the Exxon Mobile Corporation makes your life better? Follow me. 
That's right. We're talking about Epcot at <laughs> Walt Disney World. I love all the little children. Thank you so much for coming to my, my 3D movie. <laughs> I'm Angelica Houston. You'll never turn me good through the power of dance. <sighs> I never turned you good. I want you to stay bad forever because I love you where you are. Oh. Every, all right. There are too many people who have a secret room in their house at this congregation. All right. We got to get rid of a couple of them. Okay. The whole thing was just a, a, a matter of he said, he, he said. You know what I'm <laughs> All right, please. Come on now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, if you don't know, recognize that voice, that is Ed Larson joining us to talk about, a d- d- dare I say, Disney adult Ed Larson. Do you, do you hold that moniker or uh, is that- I've given in. Yeah. I, 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 I own I, it. I'm done. I'm done making, keeping it a dirty little secret. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a giant man child who's obsessed with Disney World and land and all the other bullshit. I love it. Ed Ed from um, Brighter Side Podcast on uh, this network, as well as obviously Roundtable Gentlemen, Murder Fist, everything uh, that we've done together for years and years and years. Thank you so much for joining. I've been dying to get you back. I we- would have been mad if you did this without <laughs> me. Wow. Like, I would have I would have like called and be like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I would never even dream. Well, we already, we actually did do the haunted man. I was pissed. Yeah, <laughs> I was pissed. I was pissed off. But um, you know, we'll get into it a little bit. There's we, a little, there's a little haunted mansion crossover in Epcot. There is. Know? Yeah, yeah. There actually is a little bit, um, especially when it comes to thieves in the mm. night, which uh, I'm excited to talk about some of those little stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, you joined us for our Quentin Tarantino uh, part two episode as well. So you've done, you've uh, no stranger to the podcast. It so. was a lot of fun. I had such a great time, and I got a great response people are hitting me up all over the place oh, thanks for yeah. having me back i of really course. Well, do sure, love the show i'm sure we'll do it again and again especially when it comes to theme parks or walt disney properties oh my god my co-worker that i work with eddie ewing he's such a big fan of your show mm. and he's always like did you listen to wizard in the bruises this week and I was just like, shut the fuck up listen to my show <laughs> <laughs> so funny speaking of uh looking at the brighter side of a horrifying situation epcot center <laughs> disney's billion upon billion dollar oopsie doodle let's talk about the we always say we give it the gush right up top our personal relationship mine's not super long but i do have one with epcot i definitely loved figment as a kid i mm-hmm. definitely had a great time at epcot very vague memories of it. I went to Disney World once when I was a little kid, so young that I have very, very just brief memories of like loving the Peter Pan ride, loving the Country Bear Jamboree, but also yeah. super loving Figment and getting him as a stuffed animal that I, I cherished and kept at home and did not hump <laughs> uh, during my sexual awakening. Um, kept him clean, kept him pure. And then um, literally the day after I got robbed at gunpoint at Blockbuster, uh, I hit the road with my friend with a big bag of weed, and we went to Disney World. I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. We we uh, we had already been planned that before the getting shot at thing. And then my parents were like, do you need to stay home? I was like, fuck no. I'm getting get the fuck out of here. It was like the summer before college, just two bro dudes on a road trip. We were going to Boca to visit his uh, grandparents, like, mm-hmm. yeah, but on the way... We did a stay at Disney World at one of the like resort hotels. And Fuck yeah! His mom was a travel agent, uh. so she like set it all up for us, and we definitely went to Epcot. And it was like surprising to us, though. We were like, didn't I guess we didn't realize like, and I think a lot of people maybe it, it, Epcot's weird, right? That's why I love it so yes. much. It's a weird place. It's it's an edutainment 
place. It's mm-hmm. it's different from all the other not just Disney theme parks, but theme parks in general. Because you go and you like learn things, and you know there uh, isn't one roller coaster. Yeah, there's no roller. There's coasters. no roller coasters. And You're going to learn. So we had such a weird, fun time because we were like, "Oh, okay," and like just went on all these, like did all these different little experiences and attractions, and just high out of our minds. And I remember definitely having a good time, but also being like, "Fuck, man!" Because we were like just a couple years shy of being able to drink around the world. So it was yeah, like, oh, we should come. back back when we can get hammered on like sake and Italian wine and whatever the fuck they they uh they're hawking over there uh at the same time that's pretty much my my gush uh Jake what I love your little parable oh I mean I went when I was a really really young kid and honestly it was only a day there and still it like reverberates no, I think I went twice. I think it, we we had like a good run there. Anyway, every single second of Epcot Center has resonated and formed a primordial memory. I was like six or seven years old and like I learned about fucking sperm and ovum at the making of me. <laughs> yeah. I learned that the uh, earth is running out of gasoline at the universe of energy. I like uh, it was the first time I was going on a big kid ride at Body Wars and I saw all the warning signs. That's like, hey, if you're pregnant, this will kill your baby. If you <laughs> start feeling dizzy, get off the ride. You might <laughs> die on this. And that's not our fault. Like every single part of this fucking experience is seared into my brain. And I can't help but think these like this this space like fundamentally changed who I was as a person. Um, the I know also very key is during one of these Orlando trips that we did, we had an extra day, and my parents uh, went up to me and my sister and were like, "Hey, uh, do you guys? We have an extra day. You want to go to uh, SeaWorld or Universal or like?" And I was like, "Can we go back to Epcot Center?" <laughs> and the look in my parents' eyes of like. <laughs> The profound realization that they had a fucking nerdlinger dipshit son. And like, this is what the rest of their life is going to be. They're like, really? You want to go back to Epcot Center? I was like, yeah, why? It's it's great. You sit in, you sit indoors and learn. There was a, there was a farm. They grew cucumbers. I mean, uh, the the living with the land rides. (laughs) This is so funny. There was a bicycle with a TV on it. It's the future. (laughs) God damn it. And, and, uh, last, but, uh, the opposite of least, Ed, how many times have you gone? What has you been your kind of relationship over the years? And I'm sure we're going to get more in depth on that as we talk about each of the rides and everything, but still give us a nice overview. It was very different for me. I grew up in South Florida and we had like, my dad used to buy season passes, so I would go constantly. It was like a, it was basically a, like a park to me, mm. you know, like a playground, you know? So like it was somewhere I was always at, you know, I wasn't scared to miss a ride or like, you know, so I did everything a million times growing up and then I didn't go for many years and then I just went again and I, oh, I had, for the first time, for the like, first time in like decades. Oh wow. wow. And so, and so it was, a, it was great to go back and enjoy it. But like Disney's very special to me. Um, for, for those of you who don't know, like I've lost both of my parents and we used to go all the time. And like, I didn't have like, 
I didn't have a horrible childhood, but like it was rocky for sure. <laughs> and some of the best memories of my life were at the Disney parks. And so Rocky's good because it was kind of like a boxing match. Yeah, was, no, because yeah. I was getting punched, but there was a happy ending. <laughs> the uh and, and like in Rocky Four in Epcot Center, there's a bunch of janky 80s robots that seem really <laughs> annoying. <laughs> but yeah, no, and then and I now I, I go to Disneyland out here in California because that's where I live and you know, it's just like a place where I go to, like, you know, have fond memories of my family. Mm-hmm. And so and I think I'm I'm definitely not the only person who does that. And sure. so I think that that's that's where Epcot lives for me. And, I, and I've experienced every part of it a million times, uh, except for the new shit. That was the only stuff like anything that's been put in there in the last 20 years. How did you feel about it as a kid compared to like the other Disney parks or whatever? I mean, was it just as high up on your list? Was it? Well, um... it was just the three. They didn't have Animal Kingdom yet when okay. I was a kid. And so I was bouncing around between Magic Kingdom, Epcot, and uh, and uh, MG. It was MGM Studios back then, but now it's Hollywood. But yeah, no, Epcot I loved, I think, the most, I would say, because it was just, you know, there was so much space to run around and goof around. I loved, like, mm-hmm. running around the world and, like, you know... Just saying horrible things, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> what? What? What would, did you invent slurs for Norwegians while you were there? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, you mean troll suckers? <laughs> <laughs> Set them up, knock them down, baby. Professional podcasters here. <laughs> no, but it was great, and uh, I always loved that. And there was never there was. People didn't go to Epcot as much as the other two parks, right? Because MGM was new and Magic Kingdom will always be the best, and so you, Epcot was always kind of empty, and you could kind of jump on whatever ride you wanted to immediately. And I love roller coasters. Don't get me wrong; I'll go on them all day long. But I do love the uh, mystique of Epcot. I learned a lot. I did a lot of things like in Epcot that I never did anywhere else. Like first time I put on, or maybe the only time I put on night vision goggles, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like and stuff like that. They like they were always in the forefront of everything. And, you know, like taught me the difference between China and Japan. A vital and, like, lesson. You know, I sound like an asshole, but I was five, <laughs> you know, like so. And so it, like it's it's very important things that they teach you there. And uh, I so I'll, I'll forever love Epcot because it also has, you know, the the whole save the earth vibe, too, mm. which is very important. Yeah, for sure. And it's just such a, it's almost like a trick. It's like they just fool a lot of people into learning things. I feel like in this. Certain oh, you put me in a classroom. I'm asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like, but you you give me a fucking ride and a soundtrack. I'll learn the fuck out of everything. Right, and then I'll go home and I'll be interested and I'll go home and check it out. Totally. That's what's so awesome about it, and why I think it, exactly why I think it's so interesting and stands apart from every other park because it is that it, it actually does inspire uh knowledge which is just not a- and and you know there's something to say about how how it started and where it's gone and i mean you know even more recently they like they've sort of superimposed all of their disney properties onto oh it's ip epcot. crazy now but it used to be the the big rule for epcot was like we don't bring any of the licensed characters in this is purely a City of the future, a a permanent world's fair, a a place for where knowledge is king and and culture is celebrated, and uh, I, I'm just glad that at least it still kept, it still retained a lot of that, even with now that it's you know it's Finding Nemo is you know uh, uh, with the living seas, and it's fr- oh, the funniest one's Frozen for the uh, the Maelstrom, yeah. Oh. 
Don't yeah. even get me started. But it's you the most what? popular ride. On the, the, it's like incredibly successful. Too. The fucking three-headed troll at the end of Maelstrom fucking terrified me, and I nearly pissed and shit all over yeah. that little fake boat. I'm glad he's dead. I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> oh, man. The only thing scarier him. is the Elsa animatronic when the projection face doesn't work and her head just has a weird black <laughs> void in the middle. So, yeah, there's a really fun, uh, there's videos you can look up of the, because, the, yeah, now the animatronics, they superimpose projection stuff on them. So it's really fun to go watch the, uh, the glitches <laughs> on that because it's absolutely terrifying. Glitches get stitches, bro. Yeah, dude. But oh, there's Let's also, oh, I'm sorry, wait. One last thing is sure. despite all the fun, there is just this tragedy to Epcot uh, that is like I honestly talked. I talked to my fucking therapist about Epcot Center this week because <laughs> the, it represented this like boomer vision of like the best of liberal capitalist like uh, future, mm-hmm. like uh, where corporations and society and everybody is like working in unison, and the future is just going to get better and better and better, and like as the co- Companies that were supposed to herald the future all like fell by the wayside one by one. Places like Kodak, places like GM, places, you know, like as that partnership dissolved, the uh, uh, the, the future got old and crusty and yeah. it got stagnant. And, you know, people stopped and they kept trying to like revamp it. But uh, you can't replace something that costs like two billion dollars in, you know, 1982 dollars with something with just a cheap refurb that like grandiosity is lost. But like, imagine you're like 1982, you're sitting down at horizons and you are told that in the next 30 years, you're going to live under the sea. You're going to live in like a secret desert colony, or you might live in outer space. And like watching those, watching it now, I'm just like, oh, we are very far from space. We are. I know. It is not sad. Because we thought we'd all give a fuck. <laughs> you know, like, that's the worst part. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, let's start from the very beginning here. And that is um, a particular vision from a certain gentleman named Walt Disney. Walt Disney, of course, uh, being a resident of Los Angeles, had a lot of issues with the modern metropolis, uh, the noise, the pollution, the filthiness. The guy outside is like, I got three fingers. I need four. <laughs> Give me one of your, you know, all those. It's very situations. true, actually. That was that guy. I just talked to that guy out yeah. here. Uh, yeah, he was. I, I tried to give him a fake finger, but he wouldn't take it. Uh, either way, uh, that so that's what got him thinking about a city of the future and. Uh, he envisioned this to be a foundation of his massive Disney World complex in Florida he was planning. Disney World had been in the works since 1959. They were looking for a larger second home to expand on what they had built with Disneyland in California. And after they decided on land near Orlando, they had spent the next few years secretly buying it all up, right? It was all these like shell corporations. Yeah. Heavily under wraps. Uh, it's very brilliant. Yeah, be, right. You, know, and, you could never do it again. Like he, he fucking he, he because of this. Right, right, and and get, essentially getting their own legislation uh, set up as well in Florida. Oh yeah, they're their own place. The Reedy Creek Improvement. Uh, you know, it's they are they are their own city. They that's why people don't live there mm-hmm. is because they want that was the idea behind Epcot. Yes. And then once like and the reason they didn't want to move anyone in there or like complete Epcot 
Well, one of the uh, that because it was billions and billions of dollars, but they didn't want people to be able to vote mm-hmm. <laughs> on on what happens in this land yeah. because if you have residents, then they are allowed to vote, and they were like, no, 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 we are controlled. At some point during like their last attempts to like get it to work, they were thinking of implementing a rule where you can only stay there for nine months, so that there is no sense of like community or permanence for you to start being like, hey, I stop like because. In the original vision, like if Walt Disney signed a deal with, I don't know, uh, uh, Michigan Electric or some whatever 1950s corporation was like, we're replacing your dog with a robot dog. You just have to be like, "Uh, okay, Walt, I can't stop you. (laughs) One example of like why they, after his, spoiler alert, after his passing, they decided to change this uh, concept up. But one, one of the examples was like, you would come home from work and there'd just be some man in your house like installing some new futuristic appliance <laughs> that you never asked for. And, you know, like a pancake maker, you know, device or something like that, that, uh, you know, you just kind of had no control over uh, anything going on in your own home What was, was sort of the idea so that it could be a, quote, planned environment demonstrating to the world what American communities can accomplish through proper control of planning and design. A future city. Before we yeah. get into how crazy this concept is, you have to understand, by this point, Walt Disney had accomplished the impossible. Everyone yeah. was like, there's no way you'll be able to play a record while also showing a cartoon so that the cartoons talk. <laughs> and Walt Disney was like, God damn it, I'll do it anyway. Also, I'll steal the idea and ruin the other guy who thought of this. Yeah. Uh, and everyone was like, you can't hand paint every single frame of a cartoon and make it in color. He's like, I'm going to do and it. And Walt was like, piss on you. Piss <laughs> on your fucking pets. You can't make a yesterday. whole movie out of drawings and then have a hot lady sing in it. What are you talking? He's like, I did. <laughs> You can't make a whole theme park where, like, there's a guy in a mouse costume and he did it just the whole time. He's just doing and achieving. He's like, I'll do anything I want right now. I'm going to turn into a bird right now. You just watch. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it, Walt. Stop straining, Walt. It's it's not going to happen. Also, there's, like, a whole group of people behind him going, like, oh, my God, uh, he turned into a bird. Look at that bird. Well done, Walt. (laughs) (laughs) The nine old men. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite things about Walt Disney and like the creation of Disneyland, which is, you know, essentially is like, you know, when he came up with the idea for it, he was at Griffin Park with his uh, with his kids and they're at the merry-go-round. That's it. Griffin Park is still there. The carousel. It's beautiful. And he's sitting on a bench and he's staring at his kids and the and he's looking around. And he's like, this place fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's dirty. They're smoking cigarettes. This guy, oh, actually, he loved to smoke. Yeah, but like, it's like, there is, you know, there, there's too much. It uh, causes death. It did. It did. <laughs> but yeah, no. And then, uh, so he's just like, we, I need something better. And then through his obsession with uh, modes of transportation, like uh, trains, like this whole thing started with a train set. You're wearing backyard. the people mover hat, by the way, which rules uh, yes. for this. Yeah. I got this when I was in uh, Disneyland recently. I conquered the people mover. Yes. <laughs> did you know, Ed, that there is a people mover at the Dallas airport? Whoa, really? Yeah. It's an original WED uh, corporation. It's the same motors, the same cars that they use in Tomorrowland. Wow. And it's just been, they've like since replaced it or there's like a parallel system that works way better and is way faster, but like that's awesome. In a carpeted basement in an airport in Dallas, there's an original 
Disney people mover that's still in operation. That would make sense because Disney shot Kennedy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we all know. We all know. But before he did that, he uh, had this pitch where he re- he he went to he went to the Florida legislators, getting back to Disney World, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll do Magic Kingdom and we'll bring the Disneyland experience to Florida, and it's going to be great. But also, what I really want to do is to build this actual town, which it'll be circular in shape with a central hub and convention center in the middle and then four rings outside of it uh, would be businesses then houses then apartments and lastly a green space on the outside creating this um, like I said you have no control over it but you can live in this future city of tomorrow and the monorail which was introduced at Disneyland in 1959 would be incorporated into this new city at a much larger scale and there would be no cars there would all modes of transportation outside of people movers and monorails Fuck would yes. be underground uh, which would uh, allow you to freely roam about the city without worrying about getting injured or without dealing with the smell and pollution. There's, it's, I, Holden, are you familiar with the game Final Fantasy VII? Uh, God, yes. In the original conception of Epcot, the central district was built exactly like Midgar with layers and right. structural plates, one holding the hotel on top, one holding a shopping district below it, one holding uh, a car system, one holding the monorail system, and one extra secret double layer beneath for trucking and shipping routes, all stacked on top of each other. The entire shipping area, I mean, I'm sorry, the entire shopping area, which contain, which supposed to contain a early version of uh, the International Pavilion, uh, with like, you know, hey, look, you're, there's three buildings and now you're in Scotland, was all in supposed to be a temperature sealed indoor space, the size mm. of a sit, like multiple city block. That's so crazy, and yeah, and it would all these people who live there, they would all be company men, right? People working for Disney or companies that work with Disney. Uh, and this concept apparently was heavily inspired by a book called Garden Cities of Tomorrow, written by British urban planner Ebenezer Howard, who sought to remove slums from his city and create a place that had both the benefits of a town, like opportunity, good jobs amusements, fun things to do, combined with the positives of the country, fresh air, scenic environments, low rent, all that sort of stuff, low cost of living. Uh, And the name itself, Epcot, is an acronym for, Ed? The Experimental Prototype City of the Future. There you go. Sometimes they say- uh, Tomorrow. Shit. Fuck. Epcot. (laughs) 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 Community and city can be interchanged, by the way, apparently, um, depending on uh, the time of day uh, that you asked him about it. Disney also said of this utopian town- Epcot will take its cue from the new ideas and new technologies that are now emerging from the creative centers of American industry. It will be a community of tomorrow that will never be completed, but will always be introducing and testing and demonstrating new materials and new systems. And Epcot will always be a showcase to the world of the ingenuity and imagination of American free enterprise. So it would be like a weird Jetsons town, Mm -hmm. right? I feel like it would almost be more like... um, uh, the house that uh, the guy, the kid in Gremlins mm. lived in. You know yeah. what I mean? Where everything's just like, <laughs> nothing works and it's just insane, insanity. You're like, you try to use like an egg maker and it just shit, shit, shoots out like a bunch of fucking red goo into your eyes. You're like, I'm blind, I'm blind. The, uh, one uh, part of the city that I thought was a fascinating concept was the idea that there'd be all these industrial campuses where you know all the great American uh, companies of the post-war era, IBM, RCA, General Electric, GM, 
would have these big prototype laboratories and offices there. And the whole thing would be open to the public where you could just kind of like watch an engineer do his day job from behind a glass panel. <laughs> yeah, it was all very interesting back then. Yeah. Because it, it didn't really exist. You know, people were like, highway? What's a highway? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and so like the original Disneyland was filled with like the Monsanto House of the Future. They had like the, the bathroom of the future was an exhibit. Uh, the, the Hall of Aluminum, you know, like it was like, it was crazy. The you know, the thing. theater of the future with those dick sucking machines. I had my dad can't be like, I gotta go back. I was like, why do you want to go back to Futureland <laughs> so badly? Why are you screaming to go back every day? Um, so yeah, so he makes this big pitch. Florida legislators, they agree to the concept as long as he builds Magic Kingdom first. But unfortunately for Walt, he dies of lung cancer in 1966, just a month after filming this big pitch for Epcot. So he never gets to see his dream city come to fruition, nor do we, because his brother, Roy, uh, ends up holding off his own retirement in order to step in and complete Disney World and decides to switch Epcot from a city to an attraction based on Walt's concept. Roy died right after Magic Kingdom was built, too. Oh, wow. he, He only died a couple months after that. And so when when it came down to it, then when after Roy died, because after Walt died, there was like this whole sense of like, what the fuck are we going to do now? No one knew what to do. I mean, like, an he, entire uh, multinational corporation built to fulfill the whims of one guy and then yeah. the one guy croaks. Like, what, what do exactly. you do? Exactly. And he was keeping his illness secret. Like, even there is a, they say when he was in his hospital bed, uh, he had the plans to Epcot and the Magic Kingdom on the ceiling of his hospital room so we could like stare at it and point and tell people what to do with uh-huh. like up to the day he died. And, uh, and so like it was very, and then when, after Roy died, they really didn't know what to do. And they had these couple jokers come in. I think Miller was like one of the guys who came in, uh, Ron Miller. He was uh, Walt's like son-in-law. And oddly enough, the Joker from <laughs> Gotham city, uh, they released him from Arkham city, Arkham asylum, and allowed him to help with the planning for some reason. Very bizarre. But yeah, when they saw like how great the Magic Kingdom was doing, they're like, we're not going to build this fucking city. This is insanity. It's and like, also, it's like, oh yeah. Uh, what's hilarious too is, by the way, uh, what's the, what is the actual neighborhood? Celebration. Celebration, mm-hmm. right? Eventually, it would almost come to fruition. Like, but I feel like at the time they're like, "No, it's just gonna give up all their rights, and just like <laughs> yeah. just for the sole sake of getting to like live in Disney World." And then yeah. now, of course, people, tons of people do that with Celebration. And right? Celebration is just outside the um, Reedy Creek District, so they don't have they don't have voting rights. They don't. Oh, okay, wait, right? I thought Celebration <laughs> finally like liberated themselves. I don't like. It's not like they slit the governor's throat well, or anything. The thing was that <laughs> they they ended up running out of food and they. Yeah. Ended up eating a couple of the <laughs> there uh, was a murder people. there there was a murder oh, in really? celebration yes whoa like uh like uh like 12 years ago or something like that there no was a shit. like some dude killed some other guy in a garage in his garage over like a dispute was like it's a small world playing or anything <laughs> like that so, that's a bad idea <laughs> You know, <laughs> said something about a Toontown <laughs> patty cake. Uh, but yeah, they they decide, uh, you know, let's just make this like um, let's make this maybe like a World's Fair of tomorrow. Before they got to that point, though, that they have this clash. The Imagineers, 
Someone, a Tomorrowland, uh, a futuristic theme park focused on technological advances. Others were more focused on creating a progress city, showcasing international food, culture, and leisure. And as legend would have it, one engineer just walked up to the two models <laughs> and just smushed them together. And they had their Epcot, a permanent World's Fair, broken yeah. up into two main sections, Future World and World Showcase, with a massive monument in the center of it representing human ingenuity. And uh, uh, I had to take a little, tiny little dive into this because this is so curious to me. I never thought I'd give a shit about world, uh, the World's Fairs until I read the book Devil in the White City, yeah. which classically you, you it's it's both about the World's Fair in Chicago and also about the serial killer, uh, what is it, H.H. H. Holmes or yeah. whatever, who built mm-hmm. the crazy Murder house of horrors. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like most people picked up that book because they were more interested in the H.H. Holmes stuff. And I think most people like myself walked away way more into the World's Fair shit because it was so fascinating. And so World's Fairs, they date back to 1791, the first organized in Prague in what is now the Czech Republic. And uh, that as well as the 1844 French Industrial Exposition held in Paris, those initial ones were focused on advancements in industry. It wasn't until the late 1930s at the New York World's Fair that these massive events would become more about cultural exchange and social progress as well as the advancements in technology. So you really did have both from way back. You know, it was about like, what does the future look like? But it was also like, what does like Ireland look like? You know, yeah. or whatever. Especially back in the day when travel, world travel was a lot more difficult to achieve and, uh, and access to, uh, to, you know, things around the world was a lot harder to come by. Uh, so, uh, they pretty much just keep that model. And of course, every World's Fair, you know, in Chicago was the Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the Space Needle in Seattle. So they needed Those, their uh, giant monument. towers that uh, they used in Men in Black that are st- you can still see in New York City. Yes. Yes. They're, totally. They're still there. Yeah. The towers of, of uh, shitty. Or, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know yeah. Yeah. Called. That giant globe's right next to them still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Space breasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I believe. I don't know what's going on. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But either way, the park takes three years to build for an estimated $800 million, somewhere between $800 million and $1.4 billion. Which is, is uh, what cheap, they, if you ask me. Honestly, especially for as long as... I'm sure they made their money back quickly. It's twice the size of the Magic Kingdom. It spans 300 acres. So, you you know, when you were talking about just being able to run around and how big and open it was, that's definitely a big part of it. And uh, at the time, it was the largest construction project on Earth. That's um, insane So, to think yeah. About. I know, yeah. right? So going back to this large monument, they needed a centerpiece that was going to showcase a marvel of engineering. 
you know, the Eiffel Tower is another example of a World's Fair uh, con- uh, construction. So uh, they basically just stole an idea from an existing World's Fair. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, from a Canadian one, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Expo yeah. 67 had uh, Buckminster Fuller's geodesic. I think it's actually called the Biodome, not to be confused with the Montreal cinema class. Montreal Biosphere. 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 Geodesic- but Shore does a- live in it. Which yes. Is <laughs> it's a geodesic sphere, right? Yeah. Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, because it's, it's built, like- made up of like the triangles, which gives it this like rigidity um, and, yeah. and the, the, a lighter weight than it than and, it ever should be. Even and it also heavy. helps with the rain. It doesn't drip off the side. Mm-hmm. It comes in. It goes down the legs. It's very well put together. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Just like my balls. <laughs> All right, right, people. <laughs> serious stuff going on. So yeah, it was designed by the same people as well that did the Montreal Biosphere. Simpson, Gumperts, and Heiger, Inc. That was an open-air dome, had a very similar design approach. It was made for the 1967 World's Fair. Um, it was also built out of the triangular shapes. And uh, But the spaceship Earth stands at 180 feet tall. It was inspired by American architect and futurist Buckminster Fuller, who is super into geodesic domes or spherical structures created out of several triangles, leading to a very stable and shockingly lightweight structure. Uh, the name of it also came from a book by Fuller titled Operating Manual for Spaceship Earth. And it refers to the idea of essentially us not warring over resources and destroying our planet, but instead looking looking at the earth like a spaceship and we're all in a crew together trying to keep the thing running. It's beautiful. It's nice. I think it's a great gesture. For Suppo- sure. I mean, not supposedly I watched a YouTube video where he's on camera talking about it, but the uh, use of the name spaceship earth and a lot of the themes of communication and the uh, basically the con- the concepts of it was actually done by uh, Ray Bradbury. Yes. A famous sci-fi author, Martian Chronicles, the whole deal. And Disney's super fan. Yeah, yeah. super close confidant was, and uh, collaborator with Disney. Yeah, he also helped with the Peter Pan ride. Oh, God, I loved that ride. I mentioned it earlier, but that's, yeah. I mean, it has to be, that's one of the only, I mean, I don't know how young I was, but like, the fact that I remember, I can kind of like see glimpses of it in my memory. I mean, it, it must have, it had such an impact on me. I must have, I think yeah. too, it was one of those things where I was scared to go on it and then ended up loving it so maybe there was also like a face your fears thing going yeah, on there because you're suspended from the air so yeah. it's a little different than all the other ones i remember my parents be like it's gonna be okay and i was like so worried and then just like fell in love with it so uh that's awesome that he helped with that because that was also like that was also as a kid that was like oh wow magic is real yeah like, well that's the whole thing yeah that's the reason we go back a million times and why it's like it kicks the shit out of our senses yeah and our memories you know because not only are they hitting you with like you know your vision and your hearing but like they're pumping in smells you can touch it like it's like yeah. it's it's sensory overload the very idea that like because all these rides cost anywhere from like dozens to hundreds of millions of dollars all yeah. these experiences all these structures and it's like a it's a blockbuster movie that same level of craft and dedication and innovation all applied to literally all of your senses in an enclosed space and there's just no other company that's willing to do that, which has its uh, benefits. And, you know, you build a roller coaster, that's going to sit there for 30 years and just like people go up, people go down, people go wee. You have 800 individual robots. Hey, you come have- on. Sometimes people get finger blasted on it, at least. I mean, <laughs> no, uh, finger blast is actually at a Paramount King's domain. That's oh, a different right. coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, all of a sudden, once you 
dedicate to a narrative, to an actual visual information and audio and a story, that's going to get old. That's You're operating on a whole different level. Yeah. Uh, one thing about Spaceship Earth that I found fascinating is that it's actually the, the sphere is actually built in two parts. The uh, ride is held on a giant steel platform that is hidden by the dome. And then the top part of the dome was built on top of it, uh, which is basically almost note for note the same layout as the dome that was built in 67. And then the bottom part of the sphere is an entirely separately built structure that they did after they finished the top part. So it's actually kind of where the legs meet yeah. is where uh, the two parts are actually joined. And that Ray Bradbury like ride, I guess we'll call it attraction, um, it takes you on a journey through the history of communication uh, that starts with cave pan- paintings and uh, ends with the development of computers. One of the things to talk about, I'm about to get into the rest of the original park. I mean, this was, in, you know, the park opened in 1982, the year of my birth. And uh, so a lot of people were actually interacting with computers mm. for the first time ever yes. at Epcot, which I think is really, really interesting. And they gave like hands on stuff. I guess we'll start there with um, near Spaceship Earth. Let's talk about the original park. Let's lay it. Let's lay it down. Near Spaceship Earth lay Communicore, the park's main street, which later would become Future World Plaza. This served as the main hub of Future World, and here guests could actually were welcome to go backstage, see the computers that ran the park, design their own roller coaster, and get some early hands-on experiences. Like I said, with computers, which I think is really really cool, and get like just to see some of the inner workings, which is such a a rare thing, especially for Disney. Yeah. And then eventually it became Innoventions. Mm. And now it's just demolished and it's gone. But the um but it, when it was Innoventions, it's when we could really like they expanded on that create your own roller coaster thing. Oh, cool. Because they you would create your own roller coaster and then you would go into like a body wars or a star tours thing, and then you would ride oh, oh badass. So and it was so much fun. That's the line so cool. was always so long. I only did it once. And then they had another one that was uh the great roller coaster at uh, Kings Island in, in Cincinnati called The Beast, and you could ride The Beast virtually, and that was unbelievable as well. All I remember from Innoventions is that when I went in the 90s, there was like 800 Sega Genesis kiosks. <laughs> no, they, they made a deal with Sega, not Nintendo, for sure. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> uh, Ed, how about World of Motion? It was a mainstay at the park uh, from opening until around 1996. The building was shaped like a giant silver wheel, yeah. And the ride was a silly but educational look at the evolution of transportation, which would later be replaced with Test Track yes. in the late 90s. That was great because um, Existenso uh, helped write it. Uh, and he was hilarious. He's a hilarious dude. He wrote like, uh, he helped write Haunted Mansion and he helped write awesome. Pirates of the Caribbean. And so there was a lot of fun. That ride was a lot of fun. It was a chill ride. They had the Omni Mover system that they used from, because like the night you talk about the World's Fair a lot, but the 1964, 1965 World's Fair, Walt Disney created like four things. And he oh, like okay. ended up bring, with the stipulation of him being able to take them and put them back in the parks. And so that was Small World. That was Carousel of Progress. Uh, that was the dino thing that he ended up putting on the train ride for some reason. <laughs> and then he, the last one was he had a General Motors exhibit mm-hmm. where you would actually get in a car and it would move. And that helped invent the Omnimover system, which is like what uh, what Spaceship Earth is or uh, Haunted Mansion is, where it's just like a constant moving belt of cars. And the line is also on a people mover that is moving at the same speed as the cars. So once people yeah. are loading onto the ride, they are constantly in motion and there's never any 
slowdown for like a disembarkment or uh, onboarding. Yeah. Since you mentioned General Motors, I guess it'd be a good time to say that another unique thing about Epcot was all of the sections were sponsored by. They had to. They didn't have enough money to make yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And that's why there was actually, so if, let me finish this and I'll talk about that for sure, two seconds. Sure. So yeah, so World of Motion became that. It was a fan favorite. Everyone loved it. And then they were like, you know, in comes uh, Michael Eisner, who's like, we need more yeah, energy. We need more. We need more roller coasters. We need. This. He had a teen son who every day would be like, "Dad, your parks are fucking lame." <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna use a homophobic slur because it's the '80s, and I don't know that's wrong. <laughs> but your parks are very homophobic slur, Dad. And then Michael Eisner just a trail of just this hole under his nose and around his mouth, just covered in white powder. He's yeah. just like, "We gotta fix the park. We're gonna make the cars go fast, <laughs> faster." So they made uh, the test track, which yeah. I don't really dig, yeah, but lots of people love it. Day. Yeah. People love it because the cars go 60 miles an hour but the thing i will say about the test track i like to stay positive without the test track we wouldn't have the cars ride in new in uh, la and so and the cool, cool element too was the part where you like the roller coaster thing you could like create your own test car right mm -hmm. and yeah. see how it measured up with the other ones mm -hmm. that that it's all that extra layer of stuff that i find to be almost more interesting than the ride itself so here's here's uh, so when i'm going back to the sponsorship uh there was in Japan was supposed to have a Mount Fuji roller coaster, very similar to the Matterhorn. This was going to be Japan, the fake country in Epcot, not Tokyo Disney yes. World. Okay, that's right. <laughs> correct, correct. Thank you for actually that was very smart. Of you. <laughs> uh, but the uh, yeah, so the the fake country in Epcot and the World Showcase was supposed to have a Mount Fuji roller coaster. But then one of the main fucking sponsors of uh, it was Disney Kodak. World was Kodak, and they're like. You can't have uh, that's our competitor's name is Fujifilm, mm -hmm. so you can't build that roller coaster, or we're not going to help you build the uh, Imagination Pavilion. And so they were fucked, and so they canceled mm -hmm. the roller coaster, and then so and it never got built. And it's very sad. Oh man, uh, another interesting one we'll get to later is uh, the Jerusalem exhibit. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, the, the <laughs> now it's just they have like a sh uh, they have like one stand, <laughs> but but yeah, there was a whole Israel. Have area. some falafel. Don't ask any questions. Do not ask me. <laughs> Any questions? It's co it's complicated. It's co have a falafel. It's complicated. Uh, well, let's get into I think one of the one of the bigger fan favorites, and that would be uh, Horizons. Mm -hmm. This opened a year after the park opened in 1983. It served as a look at the future with the mantra: "If we can dream it." We can do it. It was a, as I said, a fan favorite during its heyday and had all that stuff I was mentioning, like that Jetson style. This is what a kitchen of the future will look like yeah. and all that good stuff. And there were like little TV screens in the ride vehicle. So you can like choose like your own adventure at the end of the ride. And like nice. that blew all of our fucking minds. <laughs> there was like a touch screen, like oh, a touch wow. screen. Like I can touch the screen and it means something. <laughs> like that was unbelievable. And the Horizons is a spiritual successor to uh, Carousel Progress. Yeah. Ah, you, yeah. They even played the song at one point in the ride it's a great, great big beautiful, beautiful tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> shining yeah. at the end of every day i uh, loved horizons it was so much it was so much fun. and the structure of the building is really cool looking right it was like a diamond mm -hmm. almost or something yeah. like that right it just had such like a the neat top look. of a dumpling definitely and this was um one of our uh community members pointed us towards this uh youtube video called uh, remain seated please a Hoot and Chief story. I sent it over to Ed. I'd never seen it before. It's I, amazing. I couldn't believe it. Fascinating. It's well, and I think for the longest time it was like you would only be able to get a bootleg VHS mm -hmm. tape of like what these guys filmed because yeah. they essentially 
They were went loved the park so much. They went all the time, and they started to figure out how they could jump the ride and get into the inner workings and take all and also sneak a camera in and take all this footage of the inner workings of Horizon. Just weird angles, unbelievable footage, so cool. And this tells the whole story. And then the video itself too is such an interesting narrative, like narratively well done like in the sense it, it turns into like a caper almost they almost get caught a couple yeah. times and you know they do such a good job of like laying the whole thing out so definitely check that out on youtube it's a fantastic watch uh remain seated please a hoot and chief story really fascinating stuff at the end too um one of the guys uh drops the ashes uh on the park yeah um, one of them dies of cancer and then uh, the person we were talking to from the community i guess there's a team of people that uh have to deal with cleaning up ashes it happens a lot it's called uh hepa cleanup Mm. uh the whenever someone spreads the ashes that's the code they use and the hepa is the type of vacuum that they have to use to get all the fucking human (laughs) i mean at that point it's just carbon man we're just carbon at that point also um it's pretty useless uh the the haunted mansion is the one that gets the ashes dumped in the most they sweep it clean every night. Yeah. You know, there's no really re- any reason to do it. You get in a lot of trouble and banned for life. Right. If you do it, it's not worth it because you're obviously doing it because you love Disney so much. So don't do it. You can just go and have memories. Now, I mean, the Photoshop's so easy. You can put your mom in the picture with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you do whatever the hell you want. So I uh, think it's don't very, do whatever it's, it's very <laughs> apt that the highest, even in your dying breath, the highest amount of dedication you can show to Disney is just ruining some underpaid cast member who got flown in from out of the country <laughs> oh my just God. ruining their day <laughs> if you are gonna do it and you want the ashes to stick around i'd do it on a water ride. yeah mm. yeah yeah for sure <laughs> uh then we have the land focused on agriculture horticulture food and human interaction with the earth it has always had two restaurants and three attractions within and has remained the most true to its one restaurant form. and one fucking shithole <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wait, which one's the shithole? What's the shithole? The, they have the food court there that's just like brutally awful. I I ate really? there. Yeah, I ate there a couple months ago just because we were starving and like it was the end of the night and it was the only one without a million people. And I just that's how you know it's a good restaurant. Cheeseburgers I ever had. Ugh. <laughs> I, don't they also use the vegetables that they in show? the good restaurant? In the good do. restaurant. Yeah, okay, in the good re- and it's an all vegetarian restaurant oh, upstairs. Cool. Oh, that's and neat. so if you're a vegetarian or vegan, go there. Uh, if you're talking about the. I, if it's the craft has craft is the land right that was their sponsor yeah the kitchen cabaret is one of the most insane pieces of animatronic entertainment ever conceived and if you find footage of it on youtube so much it fun. really encapsulates veggie veggie fruit fruit, fruit. <laughs> veggie veggie fruit fruit yeah i love that shit bonnie appetite <laughs> My first waifu, apparently. (laughs) Genuinely, like, thinking about the cutting-edge, most creative minds that the 20th century had to offer, conceiving of this insane shit show. Yeah. It just really encapsulates what made Epcot such a... An oddity for so long. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and uh, that boat ride, living with the land boat ride, where you go through and you see like, you know, how hydroponics work and all that stuff. And like some of the food that they make. I mean, it's only a fraction. They go through so much fucking food. There. Yeah. But Disney has their own fucking farms, <laughs> you know, at the same time course, on the do. property. And so like they, 
But the that boat ride, it's a 20-minute boat ride. It goes through and it shows you they got some fun animatronics of goats and shit like that. And, you know, that's a lot of fun. And then you see the actual, uh, and it's so relaxing. Yeah. And after a long day, me and Julie were going hard. We were going, and it was like the last thing we did right before the park ended. Nice. And just, just put your feet up on a boat. There was yeah. no weight. It yeah. was uh, totally suggested for whenever you're uh, about to pass out. Nice, nice. Um, but this is not suggested for you about to pass out. It would be the World Showcase. Uh, it's changed quite a bit since its original inception. It featured nine pavilions when it first opened. American Adventure, Canada, China, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Mexico, and the United Kingdom. Later, Norway and uh, Morocco were added, uh, and plans were dropped for the additions of Equatorial Africa, Iran, and Israel. And Brazil as well. Israel as well. Oh, okay, cool. Brazil was supposed to have one. Yeah, and it's just like the country has to pay for it. (laughs) Oh, okay. That's one of the main things. It's like these countries have to pay for it. And so, like, this basically, they're sending people out to these countries to talk to their presidents of these countries and pitch them be like you gotta it's gonna bring up tourism they're gonna come to our morocco and they're gonna want to see your morocco morocco <laughs> hear me like- out what if you gave america money right <laughs> what if the people who had the most money had some of your money too <laughs> Um, and then, of course, you have Journey into Imagination at the Imagination Pavilion. Definitely my fondest yeah. memory as a kid of going to Epcot. Figment's the shit. Featured essentially the mascot for Epcot. You just mentioned Figment, the purple dragon, as well as the wizard-like scientist Dreamfinder that had terrifyingly was at the beginning. Yes, hello! <laughs> you, you need I more whimsy. I don't want to see your secret room. I don't want to be you near have, a secret you room. You need to be a little bit more fl- like fliffy in it. You need to be like... Well, what a splendiferous, mandavalous day. <laughs> I've seen the dreams you have about your uncle, the one where you kiss a little too much. <laughs> the, uh, that, that whole concept of Dreamfinder and Figment was done by uh, Imagineer Tony Baxter, who mm-hmm. is uh, a legendary figure within the Imagineering thing. Uh, I'm, he is, a, is a officially a Dis- Disney legend. Yeah, he did stuff like Splash Mountain and, uh, of course, the infamous Disneyland Paris, which we'll talk about a little bit in just a second. And yeah. uh, if I'm not mistaken, the whole concept of this Jules Verne-ass Wonder Man was originally supposed to be for a kind of steampunk, fancy uh, area for a different park that they were planning in California uh, which was going to have like a, a frontier aesthetic. And so he was like, well, you know, Wild West, 1800s, Jules Verne, like, yeah, we can make this work with like a fanciful professor. And that dream went nowhere, even though he had tons of concepts on hand. Yeah. And it was only after uh, the Kodak Corporation, when asked, when, who already signed up because they were fucking Kodak at, in the 19. 19- 70s. Russian life. Yeah. No, the sky couldn't the be limit. beat. The, c- yeah. Nobody <laughs> filmed We're not forever. going anywhere. Celluloid yeah. film. You see, we got Animal Bill Cosby. <laughs> we got we got Michael Jackson. We got all the great. <laughs> when nothing bad could happen. <laughs> and their only uh, instruction was, I don't know, make it imaginative. And so their whole concept was just imagination in general. Yeah. And and it's such an amazing concept because it starts with this kind of dark ride. It has this amazing song by the Sherman Brothers who did music. One Little Spark. 
It was the last song they ever wrote, I think. Oh, wow. Let's get, hey, let's, uh, April, if you don't mind, can we get a little of One Little Spark by the yeah. Sherman Brothers? And uh, it ended with this whole pavilion where they had these cutting edge uh, kiosks, which I remember as a kid drawing on a TV screen using a computer for the first Mm -hmm. time and having my mind blown. And now I have like this cheapo tablet I got off Amazon for like 20 bucks and I use it like all the time like it's nothing. Um, uh, They had these uh, film like uh, a blue screen where you could film your own short films and they had to like invent this whole new technology to have multiple plates live chroma keyed in front of the other. This was stuff that Mm -hmm. even professional TV studios didn't have access to yet. Um, and the whole thing ends up taking like an hour when all is said and done. It's an immersive mm-hmm. and incredible experience. Uh, and Very it became cool. kind of the icon of the uh, whole park. Like when you think Epcot, the Dream Finder, uh, what do you call the cast members who just kind of hang out and talk to people? Like walk walkaboos, walkarounders? <laughs> I am <laughs> not quite um, sure. I think they're called imagination sluts. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? Um, you ever hear the comedian Chuck McCann? Mm. He's in. Uh, he he did a lot of voices. I think he did. Um, he he worked for Hanna Barbera, Barbera a lot, and uh, he was like a stand up also. And he's actually in the Aristocrat. Oh, oh. Uh, but he was the Dream Finder most of the time. A lot of times in the parks for the meet and greets, and a lot of times on TV. A lot. A couple other people did it, including Joe Rohde, the famous Imagineer. He did Dream Finder for one thing. But uh, for the most part, it was Chuck McCann. Very cool. He was. It was like it was surprising that they got such a successful comedian. As a kid, I was traumatized by the Dreamfinder. He was doing <laughs> his walk around, and the uh, Dreamfinder always had Figment in his arm, mm-hmm. and Figment yeah. could like talk and respond to people. He would always grab your hat. He would grab your hat. He <laughs> grabbed my hat. That little fucker grabbed my hat. <laughs> yeah, that was his move. And I was like, okay, but then I checked, and the Dreamfinder was holding Figment. So who was operating the puppet? And I was well, like, he was, um, I was near tears, begging this underpaid employee. Just tell me, how does it work? How do, my parents had to like drag me away. How does it work? And doing it's research, a fake hand. it's a fake hand. It's a really <laughs> fake looking hand. But I was seven. I couldn't figure it out. So funny. The inspiration for Figment came from an odd place, according to Baxter. Love this little tidbit. I was watching Magnum PI on TV. He was in the garden, and the butler Higgins had all these plants, and they were all uprooted. It was a mess. Magnum had been hiding a goat out there, and the goat had eaten the plants. Higgins said, Magnum, Magnum, come out here. Look at this. Something has been eating all the plants in the garden. And Magnum says, oh, it's just a figment of your imagination. And Higgins said, said, figments don't eat grass. I thought, there is the name, the word figment. That in English means a sprightly little character, but no one has ever visualized it. No one has ever drawn what a figment is. So here is a great word that already has a great meaning to people, but no one has ever seen what one looks like. So we had the name that was just waiting for us to design the shape for it. So very weird. It comes from uh, Magnum P.I. I got this for you, Jake. That's me Uh, with the dream finder. The hand looks so fake. The hand is clearly fake. I was an idiot. (laughs) I was a fucking. 
fucking idiot. <laughs> and there's my dad in the back looking like he's trying to find the only casino in Epcot. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Horned of a steer, but a lovable fellow. That's Vicky. Yeah, that's right. We'll, no. talk, we'll talk about how the park has changed, but I do have here just that in 1998, uh, this whole thing has changed the journey into your imagination. Into your imagination. Featuring Monty Python's Eric Idle in Who? a uh, journey through color, dimension, gravity, illusion, and sound. He, not only that, he plays, a, he's specifically supposed to be a character from Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, which is a very yeah. dated and weird I attempt that, at it's very pollination good. It was very good. I mean, he was in that and he was hilarious. In yeah, it. yeah, I loved that. And then that they experience. took, they're like, all right, you own the imagination pavilion you're like the mascot of the whole pavilion and so eric idol like took over and he made journey in your imagination and then the one afterwards after people were so fucking mad about it and then <laughs> he filmed all of it and then it's all and it shows like wayne Zelinsky as you walk in and now and, and uh robin williams from flover is like all the great imagination people that's awesome. and they got like little sneakers from like the computer wears tennis shoes that kurt russell movie <laughs> from the 70s but the thing is eric idol forgot that he did this yeah 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 Yeah, he like completely forgot until someone like uh sent him a picture of figment and on twitter is like and he plans to work with this little guy ever again and then he was like oh i loved working with don rickles <laughs> it was how he responded and they're like what are you talking about Don rickles? but uh nothing to do with the ride journey into <laughs> your imagination had a mean streak into in it uh it would insult the writers because the concept of the a uh, ride was at the Imagination Institute. They tested your imagination meter, mm-hmm. and all, and it would just come up with like zero. And Eric Idle's like, "Oh, you're <laughs> dumb. You're dumb and boring. How about this?" And the dark ride would go through. Uh, I've seen footage. I never actually wrote it, but they were definitely like less impressive, more done to cost. Uh, dark ride yeah. features like just there was it's like a room but the chairs are on the ceiling yeah as opposed to awful. the original journey of imagination where there's just like dragons and wizards and everything's coming at you the original ride was over 12 minutes and then they took it down to seven and now mm. it's down to like five yeah mm. and, and so they keep making the ride shorter for some reason at least they did bring back figment due to popular demand people so went came. crazy <laughs> when they there's only one figment in the ride They're like what the Fuck are you trying to show me? Oh, absolutely. This one figment Ed, bullshit. Ed, uh, <laughs> I'm glad we have a Disney, a, uh, a reluctant, self-admitted Disney adult on us uh, with here. Can you talk about the figment bucket controversy that has just been rocking the oh whole thing? Oh, my God. What bunch? I don't know why people are obsessed with popcorn buckets. Uh, they they For annual pass holders or whatever they call it now, Magic Key out here. And then like... But they're like Genie they, Gold event, Plus, I think is the current. Oh my god, the Genie Plus thing! I, I mean, you get. I don't even get me started. The, the Robins, <laughs> they're fucking. They're, they really are. But the, uh, the but I couldn't believe it. People were waiting over seven hours for these fucking buckets. Just, just so they can put popcorn in it. They collect them. They're, they're cheap. They look cheap. They don't even. look Yeah, that but great. it's in uh-huh. the shape of figment, and it holds corn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so and now. People have been trying to sell them on eBay for over a thousand dollars. But the thing is, when Disney Disney's always looking at eBay, and anyone who's selling like jacked up merchandise, they find them and they try to ban them from the park. Well, we're definitely going to get into some of that in a little bit. By the way, talking about old Buzzy, but we'll oh, get yeah. there. Um, so yeah, at least they brought Figment back. Uh, but yeah, fuck the popcorn buckets sound dumb. Later editions were the Living Seas experience added in 1986, which tried to actually convince 
convince guests that they were descending into Sea Base Alpha on hydrolators. Uh, this attraction features the second largest saltwater tank in the world, which holds 5.7 million gallons of water. It's huge. It's crazy. It's man. very big. There's lots of tanks. It's got lots of cool. It's like a, it's a great aquarium. Mm. Right in the middle of Epcot, and they got manatees in there Aww. and everything. Those things have been there forever. Uh, but they, uh, people stopped going after a while because it was just an aquarium, and every town has an aquarium. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they but, spice uh, it up. This a aquarium bit. has a guy in a Mickey costume waving at you sometimes in scuba gear. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but every town doesn't have a video featuring Martin Short teaching you how fucking works. And that would be, of course, associated with the Wonders of Life section dedicated to the human body and health and featuring the attraction's Cranium Command, which again, we'll talk about a little bit more later when it comes mm-hmm. to. To, uh, the Buzzy controversy and Body Wars, which I remember quite well. And uh, of course, it also had The Making of Me featuring Martin Short. We watched it uh, together in our Sunday study session for Patreon last Sunday. I could not believe this video. Was- I mean, but also, I find it very progressive. I'm so sure. happy they did it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's crazy that they that they thought it was a good idea. There's a cartoon sperm <laughs> and a cartoon egg. I mean, it was it the It ran whole thing. for like 20 years. Yeah. It's wild. And just like, <laughs> the last thing I would have thought about going into a Disney park would be like teaching, you know, Martin Short, te- you know, t- teaching us. Well, he was all over the park. Mm-hmm. Because he did the Canada video for the Canada movie forever. And then he also was uh, in the Monster Sound Show over at MGM mm-hmm. with Chevy Chase. So he was all over the parks. He was in Disney's pocket hard. But that was a fun. I think you did you. Well, you loved Cranium Command, right? Cranium Command. I would I would I would not go to Epcot without going to Cranium Command because that was just like it was hilarious. What yeah. was Cranium Command? Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s. 1975 to be exact, with semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch. It's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie, and fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is Inside Out. So yeah. basically, Pete, Pete Doctor, the guy who directed Inside Out, he's the head of Pixar now. Uh, he took over for Lasseter when they booted him for hugging too much. <laughs> and then uh, and, uh, he, it was one of the first things he worked on. And basically, you go inside the brain of a 12-year-old boy. And they're trying to uh, go through a day of school. And then you got, and so and then of all these great like SNL actors uh, playing each part of the brain, like... Uh, like Bobcat was adrenaline. Uh, John John Lovitz was the heart. Uh, George Went was the stomach. Um, uh, Charles Grodin was the brain. Uh, oh no, the heart was um was of Hans and Franz. Dana Carvey and, and Kevin Neal. Wow. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It yeah. was a hilarious ride. It's awesome. And uh, and then the pre-show was hilarious. They had a great cartoon that done with a. Monty Python style of uh, Terry Gilliam style of animation kind of uh, mixed with like Disney animation. It was very well done. It was hilarious. And I, I had to go see it 
every time I was there because it was just also just a rest mm -hmm. from the madness. You get to watch a fun show mm -hmm. and in a really cool space because like when you get in there, there's like this little kid, Buzzy, who he's the pilot of the little boy and you're <laughs> helping Buzzy. And then um, and then you can see out the eyes and the, the, the two eyes are the uh, the screens uh. of the characters and what what he sees also. And so it's very well put together. Yeah, it's really cool. And you can watch it on YouTube. You can really watch all this stuff on YouTube, by the way. Yeah. I would highly recommend it. Cranium Command was super fun uh, to, to watch uh, via, via that way. And mm -hmm. it, it really, really, yeah, just really spectacular, cool way to do, again, man, just edutainment, like a really cool way to, to bring it all together to make it like actually really riveting and exciting. There was so much going on because you have this animatronic that's moving all over the place. You've mm -hmm. got multiple screens because you've got screens of the people, all the all the different people, the parts of the bodies popping in, yeah. and this like top center screen, and then the eyes have like what the actual kids seeing. So there's just all these like layers um, ha happening all at once that just tricks you into learning shit. Yeah, uh, pretty great stuff. So what's this buzzy controversy? Because I have no idea what this is, and I've been doing nothing but reading and watching Epcot shit all week. All right, so <laughs> this is something Ed turned me on to. So Ed, please feel free to uh, jump in on this. But, yeah. Uh, generally, uh, there's that. Buzzy is the animatronic. He's got this like leather jacket. He's like an old school pilot kind yeah. of dressed, right? I'm I'm giving his costume to you uh, the description for good reason. Yeah, he's got a hat. He's got you know pants. Yeah, yeah. He's got a cool look. Look him up. He kind of looks like um Kyle from South. <laughs> yes, a little bit. Yeah, he does. Uh, so in 2007, they decide to shut the ride down for good. But we this is one of the weird things Disney does. But they never dismantled it. It just like sat in its exact spot. Well, they do it because for a little while they would they would open up that pavilion when they knew it was going to be overcrowded, like during the holidays. Oh, so okay. they would have like extra places for people to go and stuff. Mm. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, it remains largely untouched. Then in 2018, uh, Buzzy is reported to have been stolen <laughs> from the ride. There was mm -hmm. a lot of speculation around who might have taken this heavy. I mean, it's what? It's like 300 pounds. Oh, a thousand probably. Uh, it's, a, it's a giant robot. It's like a five-foot ro metal bul robot. Bulky animatronic. Yeah. Later, it was revealed that it was actually just the costume that was stolen. This is kind of the weird thing. It's going back and forth. But regardless, it ends up being pointed to this Disney urban explorer named Patrick Spikes, who had also apparently stolen shit from the Haunted Mansion ride. He like, definitely stole shit from the Haunted Mansion ride. He got caught with it. Um, there's like, <laughs> he stole wigs and he stole dresses and shit like that. I don't know how he was able to steal from the Haunted Mansion ride. The buzzy thing I get, there's no cameras, you know, he's urban exploring and stuff like that. But when he was like, stealing from the Haunted Mansion, I don't know how the fuck he got in there and stole shit. But he... So he took the clothes off a of uh, off a of Buzzy, and then he started like selling it on the dark web. Wow! And same thing with the haunted mansion stuff. And then he was able to sell for six grand. Uh, he was able to sell it to an NBA player <laughs> uh, who was like this huge Disney. Uh, Robin Lopez, uh, who's like a giant Disney. Nerd Just imagine himself, he, Robin Lopez on the fucking on Spice Road being like uh, Silk Road. I'm sorry, Silk Road being like, yeah. let's see, ordering more cocaine, killing my <laughs> wife's boyfriend, and ooh, Buzzy's costume from Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> but he thought he was buying something that he was allowed to buy, and uh -huh. so he got in trouble. And then he they they pointed their direction to Spikes, and Spikes was just 
you know, there's a lot of like unsavory Disney community. It's weird. Yeah. And Spikes is definitely a part of it. I enjoy it. He, he has this um, thing. I don't want to promo it, but it's called Backdoor Disney. And uh, it shows a lot of like backstage photos. It's another like, like remain that. seated, please mm. kind of thing. It's, yeah. It's the urban explorers that like get somehow get behind the scenes and, and get a bunch of footage and stuff of just of the type of things that especially Disney enthusiasts be very curious to see. Yeah. 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 They, they ruin the magic, but you know, at the same time, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, you got to consider yourself a smart, like, you know, it's robots, you know, it's yeah. a corporation, right? Right. You know what HEPA team means. but he got arrested hard by the orange county sheriff's office you can actually look at his interview uh i don't know if you saw that not interview his uh whatever interrogation yeah yeah and uh and at one point because they found a bunch of his photos that he had taken with his phone uh of some of the haunted mansion gear that he stole and they were like, is it on that phone? And he put the phone on the counter and he's like, no. And they're like, all right, well, you, you're you not arrested, but you're okay to leave. And then he and then he tried to swipe his phone and then all the cops came in and tackled him. It's a lot of fun. Oh, <laughs> uh, <but laughs> That's great. Yeah, uh, apparently it was confirmed by, it was actually Dave from Remain Seated, please. Uh, I don't know how much truth this holds, but was, he, he confirmed that they do have Buzzy. It was just the clothes that were sold and they were able to c- recover yeah, uh, the animatronics uh, for whatever that's. But worth. there's also it's like it's weird. It's saying that they never lost the animatronic and it was just a miscommunication. But the way the animatronic was removed, yeah, um, was a way that they would never remove like the hydraulic fluids or cords are just cut all over they just spill you know and like there's fucking shit on the floor it looks stolen looks like a murder scene (laughs) yeah no it looks crazy and so uh they you know i think disney's just covering up that they i bet they got it back and uh they're just covering it up that it ever happened because they don't want people to think that they can go do it and uh you know this urban exploring uh disney happened it started with uh discovery island which was like the first uh like it was zoo on Disney property back in the late seventies and early eighties. And I think it ended in like 90, but, um, people like ended up like in 2006, people started like finding their way out to that Island and like going around and checking that out. And That's like awesome. an, another Island called river country, which was the first water park, which was basically just like, you know, like Tom Sawyer esque water park where I think, uh, they eventually closed it down. Cause some kid got some fucking, uh, parasite in them and die <laughs> and so they <laughs> and so they got rid of that uh so going back to disney uh or disney world and epcot in the 90s um there were you know a lot of the changes that happened to epcot and the absence of a west coast planned epcot uh westcott are, westcott are are largely due to the uh, creation of Disneyland Paris in 1992. Yeah. Um, it opened to uh, guests were a third of its full capacity, um, which is not a good sign opening day. Things got worse from there. There was just a big culture clash between America and France. There was also just bad timing in general because the French economic recession was happening. Yeah. Around if that you time. look at the announcement video of Michael Eisner, they're literally throwing eggs at him and tomatoes and shit, and he has to like <laughs> run away. That's right. I remember, and I remember <laughs> that time. It was this weird thing because Disney, for the longest time, and I feel like it's this way again now, just yeah. seemed impenetrable. It seemed like 
you couldn't shake them. And so it was just a weird time in general to watch this just giant company be become all of a sudden like meek seeming and and seeming like to be on their last like and also you know the films as well took a weird dark turn well after that but they were just they had just crushed it which was what they call the disney renaissance Mm -hmm. which was roger rabbit was like there like was an accident Mm -hmm. yeah like they didn't think that was gonna be popular and then the animation studio made Little Mermaid, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and then The Lion King. Oh, okay. So that was the, okay. So and I then guess, after that was Hunchback, and that's when it started mm-hmm. to uh-huh. teeter down back again. Uh, so yeah, the, and apparently there was even a fucking terrorist attack uh, on the park. Uh, so this. Just, oh, I never heard about that. I, that's what I I read. I didn't look more into it, but that's that was one of the reasons that was given why wow. it was just such a shit show. So they took this huge financial blow, and that's why the planned uh, West Coast Epcot was nixed. And they also ended up closing down a bunch of Epcot's offerings, including most of Horizons in 1994, as mm-hmm. well as World of Motion and Universe of Energy in 1996. And they would get replaced. We already talked about Test Track. Eventually replaces World of Motion in 1999, years later. Yeah. And uh, a lot of this uh, is that, the sponsorship well. thing, though, because uh, yeah. MetLife. General Motors sponsored uh, Test Track. Te- yeah. But Test Track, Test Track got made because Chevrolet actually stepped in. Kodak oh, yeah, yeah. eats yeah. it big time once uh, digital cameras become big. So uh, that's yeah. why uh, Journey into Your Imagination is such a reduced experience. Uh, Wonders of Life, mm, Lisa's MetLife. Yeah, yeah. All of these big uh, ExxonMobil backs out of uh, Universe of Energy. Like it's because it requires so much turnover and upkeep and uh, to create these larger than life, constantly renewing experiences. Uh, once these titans of uh, American industry kind of retreat a little where they just don't have so much profit to just dump into Disney World as a flex. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the whole concept uh, uh, decays a little. And then also just the, the concept of risky edutainment experiences uh, they're starting to turn away from and try to do more like thrill ride stuff, which is why Test Track gets introduced and then also Mission Space, which finally replaces Horizons in 2003. It's a flight simulator which takes guests on a mission to Mars. The cool thing about it is that it was actually uh, supported by NASA astronauts and engineers that helped make the ride. So it is a pretty as authentic as they could get it to a space flight as it possible. It is authentic enough where my recent Disney experience, it pretty much ruined the <laughs> Really? Um, just shakes I, we, you. I was, just shakes I, you real I hard. Went, it, it, spills you, it spins you, and you're like, it creates G-force. Oh, wow. And then if you don't follow the, uh, you can go on the, the hardcore one, or there's one that's a little softer, but okay. either one gets you very sick. <laughs> if you have motion sickness, do not go on this ride. Okay. Um, my, I went with Mr. Pastrami, Dave Weissass. Nice. And um, we had a great time. And uh, he was like doing work on his phone while they were telling you how to ride the ride. <laughs> and he did everything wrong. They're like, don't shut your eyes. He shut his eyes and he passed out. And oh, then he wow. got very sick and it like ruined the day and they had to leave the park early. Uh, wow. Yeah, I was fine. I got an yeah. iron constitution. I could fucking deal with that. Right, right, I was right. drinking the moment I got off it. <laughs> you got to tense like, the like, leg muscles so that the blood doesn't rush to your feet. That's something I learned from Top Gun, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you got to stare right at the screen and pay attention to the rules. Otherwise, you can get very sick very oh, wow. fast on Mission Space. Uh, it, it was uh, Horizons. Uh, that was yeah, Horizons was a much better 
ride than Mission Space. But now they have the Space 220 restaurant uh, oh. right next door, which is very cool. You get in like a fake elevator and you go and you they have TV screens on the top and in the bottom. So it looks like you're on an elevator to space. Yeah. And you start seeing Florida get smaller and smaller That's and smaller. Dope. And then when you get up into the restaurant, it's surrounded by these beautiful LED uh, televisions that are just outer space. And it's like you're eating that in outer cool. space. And that they have like. Cool. Uh, food astronauts eat and shit like that and like it's very so it's you very after cool. all that rigmarole like here's Just some paste like hamburger paste yeah <laughs> well i mean they 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 make it you know yeah, it's, it's paste. good they, paste. <laughs> they get the good paste <laughs> uh and uh, it's also this instability is around the time when they decide to drop their own rule about not having disney characters uh and they start replacing certain things with Disney stuff. Symbiosis is replaced with Circle of Life and Environmental Fable featuring the characters from The Lion King in 1995. Which doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Yeah. And it kind of goes on from there. Los Caballeros, right? The uh, yeah, Donald they, Duck. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, which is so weird that they chose Mexico that because it wasn't that popular. Yeah, and it yeah, was made yeah. in like the 40s or 50s. It was made with something. the help right, of right. the CIA. It was literally like <laughs> yeah. a piece of propaganda. <laughs> Yeah, and so now that's the Mexican boat ride, but now they're talking about switching that over to Coco. So oh, okay. That would be much That better. would make sense. Uh, but one, it's still a fun boat ride. One positive addition to the park during the 90s were its annual festivals, starting in 1994 with the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival, sponsored by Better Homes and Gardens. Uh, with the event came a makeover of the park with incredible flower displays. Uh, it was a big draw for guests. During the, I guess the spring is probably when they do that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that sounds awesome. That sounds like another reason. They do to- like all these like hedges that they'll like prune the hedges that look like figment or yeah, goofy yeah, or awesome, stuff. It, awesome. It's very it's like flower beds that just look like Minnie Mouse. It's beautiful. And of course, because Epcot becomes synonymous with where to go when it comes to Disney World to get the good food. Yes. And the good booze. Um, that's, uh, that's why they added the festival, uh, the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival, which uh, was first hosted by Julia Childs, by the way. Cool. And, uh, it brought a ton of folks to the park, especially during that. They put, they purposely put it during the autumn slump when yeah. people are going back to school and they, the September the, to the November slow up. Right. Yeah. And so they added that and that became a big draw as well. Um, then you have the Millennium Celebration. Uh, Disney went all oh out in God. the year 2000. We could have done a whole episode just on this shit. Totally. And I, I we'll, we'll just briefly cover it and just say that uh, Epcot became the centerpiece. They gave Spaceship Earth a little glow up. They added this big, like, Mickey hand with the year and 2000 on it. It was the dumbest looking. <laughs> Everyone hated it. <laughs> They made so many bad choices back then, like the 25th anniversary of uh, Magic Kingdom. They made the castle look like a big birthday cake for some <laughs> fucking reason. Like they, they, they were, their choices back then were awful. Did you do the the, the leave a legacy? Yeah, yeah. Thing? Is there the- a little piece of metal with just a smiling Ed Larson on it still there? There, we had a brick by the Magic Kingdom. Nice. We had a brick. I think the brick is now gone. But the leave a legacy thing, they took that guy. They moved them. They got them not <laughs> even in Yepka. They're they're outside the front gates now. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so you could get your. It was what the guy called it on the thing. It was like this little digital camera in a tiny room. It was like this is the largest digital stu- camera studio uh, on, yeah. on earth. At, like at the time, and it looks so rinky dink though for the t- for the time. They have all these uh, little for in today's time tiny photos that are like the size of like if you like smaller yeah. than if you like put your finger to your thumb. Yeah, and it was like of you and your family. But then like a lot of the photos were like ten feet in the air. How do you know what the fuck Yeah. <laughs> Um, they introduced one of the longest running fireworks shows in Disney history, Illuminations 2000 Reflections of Earth. Uh, mm-hmm. They introduced a temporary pavilion, uh, the Millennium Village, which featured exhibits from, we mentioned a little bit earlier, Brazil, Chile, 
uh, Easter Island, uh, Eritrea, Israel, Saudi Arabia, Scotland, and Sweden. And that is where we get into the bizarre <laughs> Disney world getting involved in the Palestine-Israel conflict um, because Israel, the Israel exhibit featured a simulated ride called Journey to Jerusalem, which very much so showcases the city as Israel's capital. And so Arab and Muslim groups became uh, very upset with that, threatened yeah. to ban. The, the, everything I read about it, the the people, the powers that be at Disney were just like we're not trying <laughs> to get involved in this we didn't mean to get here and do yeah, this it's just because it's a lot of jews yeah. working there yeah. like, you're like yeah israel is fine they belong <laughs> it's a country what do you want from me so yeah but now there's just like one jewish stand <laughs> like when you're walking around the world showcase because in between each world Daddy, can we visit the sad jew again <laughs> i want to see the sad jew it's again. also during the holiday celebrations while every country is having like hello i am sinterklausen and in my country we give plums to good boys uh yeah. <laughs> there's like just one sad guy by a menorah playing like a fiddle. It's very upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> For Hanukkah, let us mourn the loss of our grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I guess lastly, all I have is, uh, and you can speak more towards it, you just went, because I wasn't completely sure what's opened yet and what yeah. is planned to be open, but just talking about the future of Epcot, uh, Disney does have big plans. Uh, there's a changeover for Future World to be broken up into three sections. World Celebration, focusing on creativity, imagination, and storytelling. World Nature, which will handle ecology and conservation. And World Discovery, which addresses science, technology, and adventure. Was that already laid out? I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, they're doing it. It's on the map. I got the map with me. Uh, yeah, they yeah, they, they were already calling it those. It's not like Future World West and East anymore. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the things that are coming. The universe of energy is being turned into the garden. Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Right, which I heard about. We had a worker for Epcot join our Sunday study session really? a couple weeks ago and said that apparently the Guardian word on the street is that that ride is fucking dope. Well, it's the first reverse launch roller coaster oh, at Disney cool. World at any Disney park. And the other cool thing is, is it's actually, it's on a, like, you're on a roller coaster, all right? But you're sitting in like a car that swivels. Oh. So you're, you're, the car swivels around as oh, you're wow. on a roller coaster and it tells the story of like warping through space. Oh, cool. And like Glenn Close is the leader, you know, and like awesome. she's, you know, oh, we she, get more Nova Core lore. Great. It's all, no, <laughs> yeah. And they, they got a big Nova Core ship that they just started loading in yesterday. Actually. Oh, awesome. And then um, there's also going to be a really cool water exhibit uh, featuring Moana. That's going to be just like a weird like water show because Epcot used to be obsessed with water. Mm -hmm. They have that backwards waterfall over by Journey to Imagination and they World had all celebrations surrounds a lake. Yeah, exactly. It's a very water, lots of water rides, you know, so it's, it's there. So, and they had these like water things that would shoot from one, uh, oh, like, those little laminar know. flow, like zippy tubes of water jumping yes. between the fountains, right? Love exactly. And kids, you always play in it and stuff like that. And, uh, so now they kind of like took some of those out and they're going to do a whole, um, Moana playing with like water going in crazy ways. Mm. I don't with new technology, and mm. I don't even know what that's going to be. It's very exciting. Yeah, and that's like one of the few edutainment rides that are still that still will be existent in the park. Yes, I mean it's definitely going full IP. Uh, you know, Spaceship Earth isn't going anywhere. It's supposed to get a refurb, but they canceled it. Oh, it's not going to get the... Uh, so I have here, it will drop the communication theme and it said revolve around the power of storytelling. That okay. is it was supposed to, and okay. it, uh, but they didn't have enough money after the <laughs> pandemic. So they canceled that and the Mary Poppins ride that was supposed to go oh, into Oh, weird. UK. Are you telling me the 
place that was built with the money from a landline telephone company is also doesn't have the same resources it did in the 1980s. What about this? Uh, Illuminations will be replaced by Harmonious. I watched it. It's a lot of fun. That's cool. That seemed neat. It will focus on Disney's most famous songs. I think that would be a cool one. Yeah. No, well, it's like a, the, that one, well, the, there was before between Illuminations and Harmonious, there was another show called Epcot Forever mm. that was basically like a flashback to Epcot in the eighties and nineties, and they That's played cool. all the old songs like Tomorrow's Child and like the old Universe of Energy song, which are legitimately good songs. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> then, uh, but now it's Harmonious, and they got these giant barges in the middle of the lake that like kind of obstruct the view across the lake. So a lot mm. of people are complaining about that. But the show itself is very cool. It's like a it's kind of like they they have like Mulan will show up. It's like uh, the brave chick will show up. It's like everyone from other countries has their moment in oh, the show. Cool. And so that's very cool. And they play the songs from those countries. Like Coco's got a big moment. Oh, yeah. Wow. In broad, I'm looking at photos now. Yeah. In broad daylight, the barges just look like total eyesores. <laughs> yeah. 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 They look horrible during the day. But um, the uh, at night, that show is pretty fun is is there a ratatouille ride yet yes i rode the ratatouille ride you gotta wake up at four in the morning if you want to <laughs> ride the ratatouille no you gotta wake up at seven in the morning and you have to like literally from home if you don't do this honestly like you have to get in the virtual queue uh if you don't do this like you miss it if you miss it by 20 seconds you don't get on the ride. Oh, wow. So you have to be on your phone at like 6.57 and wait for 7 to hit, and then you refresh it, and you get on the line for the ride. I did it. I didn't, I wasn't able to ride the ride till 3.30. Mm. And then you know that. And then I was still at an hour-long wait oh, because God. there are now people paying to skip the mm -hmm. rides, which is something that Disney never did before. <laughs> no, they're not just paying to skip the rides. They're paying to skip rides. <laughs> 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 said paying to skip Here's the rides. $50. So How was it? Uh, yeah. It was fun, but you got paid, a little dizzy. I paid to just skip the whole experience. Yeah, just, I <laughs> just fucking implanted into my brain. Let's total recall this. Yeah. Yeah, but no. <laughs> I was watching a video uh, just before we recorded uh, talking about all the new line schemes that they're doing. And apparently, uh -huh. uh, if you are thinking like, yeah, I forgot to do the thing on my phone, I'll just walk in. It's sure the wait will be a little bit longer, but who cares? It's like 10 to 1 act like pre-reserved -res riders to standby line riders like you are not getting yes. in without jumping through those yeah. games no and you're they and they they love it because it's people eaters you know like yep. they you're stuck in this line for hours the longer you're stuck in this ride the more money they're making in a weird yep. way mm -hmm. because the other people can go do a lot of other experiences oh i thought they want you out of the line because you're just bored and stuck wasting time so you're like guess i'll buy my kid another fucking figment popcorn bucket. yes that too but if, by keeping people in the line you could jam more people in the park uh, uh so that's why autopia will never go anywhere because they call it a people eater and it's just like and it's just like just always like over a thousand people sitting oh, it's it should be noted that even while we were talking about like how this park has declined how the how you know the, all these compromises have been made uh the disney parks have been making record amounts of money up until the uh covid pandemic and now they're making the money back. It, they're busier than they've ever been. Nice. Uh, the Disney Plus system, uh, the Genie Plus system is aggravating because they don't do normal fast passes anymore. Uh, uh, Genie Plus, they uh, they offer it for free and it just plans your day. If mm. you want to get a fast pass, you have to pay $15. But if you want to ride Frozen and get a fast pass for Frozen, that's another $15. And you can only do it once. Mm. So it's like they're like some of the two individual rides that will cost more. 
uh, after you pay for the upgrade. It's like they're getting man, like families of like five. Oh my god! It's yeah. a, it's. I mean, me and Julie's one thing. It, we, it doesn't matter. We'll pay it, you know. Yeah, but like, yeah. if we had two or three kids with us, oh my god, we're fine. You yeah, just yeah. let you the know, kids like, know which one is frozen worthy and which one needs to try harder next year. <laughs> yeah, what's the favorite? Pick the favorite, and then they win. And um, one more tip I'd, I'd like to give people sure. trying to go to Epcot or any Disney park right now um, is if you want to eat at one of these great restaurants, uh, you have to be online at 6 a.m., six exactly 60 days from when your reservation is. So wow. If, so in, in order to get a reservation – and like and so it's six a.m. and then that also the problem with that is is for us L.A. people this the same thing for so, uh, for for fucking uh, Disneyland or if we're going there so we gotta wake up at three a.m. right three a.m. well you just stay up get hammered I know well then you're gonna fuck it up somehow <laughs> but yeah no so it's um everything's more popular than ever yeah uh, all the restaurants are very hard to get on uh, I I would say like if you go. You have to go with like the mindset of you're not going to see it, mm -hmm. yeah, and just like, accept the good things that you can and enjoy the park and sit down and enjoy shit for what you can because otherwise you're just going to go fucking crazy and have Trying a bad to do time. It all. That's wild, man. Well, uh, thank you so much, Ed, for joining us on our episode on Epcot. Oh my god, oh, I feel we're like just, we barely oh, scratched the surface. We're just going to blow past uh, Francis Ford Coppola's seminal short film, Captain EO. Is that what we're going to do? Yes, <laughs> produced by George uh, Lucas. Without, and then the the Kodak film right next to it that for uh, that came in, they played True Colors and they got all the pretty pictures and make I, you all cry. And then Michael Jackson put out that song Secret Room, <laughs> which was very yeah. upsetting. I got a secret room where I take my pictures. You know, well, they actually they had two songs in there. It's like we're here to change the world, which he did, unfortunately. Mm, yeah. And then uh, another part of me, which was I think the part that uh, he wanted the kids. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fantastic stuff uh, yeah uh, thank you again Ed for joining us um, it was such a great time yeah for sure we'll have you back on anytime we cover another theme park I gave Ed the option of Universal Studios theme park or Epcot and he chose this which means we gotta do Universal when the Mario point. Land opens in America we'll yeah, yeah dude I'm still yeah, yeah. yeah I saw and I saw like the, the the beginnings of it when I was there for Halloween Horror Nights. I cannot wait to do that. That's like that's the one yeah. that speaks to me. I'm gonna be so. Oh, you're gonna to go that. crazy! There's a Mario Kart. How has this not happened yet? There's a Mario Kart ride where there's like a winner and you like race each other. Actually, I've seen footage from like the Japan so version, and I've never. I just want to be there now. Every second that's I'm awesome. alive yeah. on this planet, I'm mad that I'm not in Japan in the Nintendo Land. I'm a very well-adjusted cool. adult. I have a rich inner life. I don't want anybody to. <laughs> Make assumptions about me. I don't do the soy yeah. face constantly. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I'm excited to have you back, Ed. If you'd like to support us further, patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. We do weekly bonus episodes for just five bucks a month. For 15 bucks a month, you can join us every Sunday on Discord for our Sunday study sessions, where uh, this last time we uh, watched a lot of videos of Epcot rides and hung out. It was a great time. So, uh, Consider that, patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. You can follow me on twitch.tv forward slash holdenators ho. Uh, Ed, I should have let you promo first. What do you What do you got for well, us? Well, I'm glad I let you go first because I'm doing something. I'm very nervous about it. I'm very self-conscious. Okay. 
launching a Patreon for myself tomorrow. Hey, so awesome. Patreon.com slash Eddie Tunes, E-D-D-I-E-T-U-N-E-S. Um, you can check out uh, my other show I've been doing on there called the Eddie Tunes Two Hour Radio <laughs> Hour. Great place to put it. Um, it, it exists there. I'm going to start. I started. I've got 10 episodes in the can. I just released the first episode um, over there. Uh, there's a Disney episode that I made. It's a three hour epic. I have Hell a whole yeah. Epcot section. Uh, if you want to hear that, you can DM me uh, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and I'll share that episode with you uh, so you don't have to wait uh, for it to come out on Patreon. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you can DM me at EddieTunes underscore on Twitter, EddieTunes on Instagram, uh, and I'll, I'll share that radio hour with you there. Also, uh, you can check out The Brighter Side. It's uh, the podcast I do with Amber Nelson on the last podcast network. It's uh, a lot of fun. It's a cynics look at optimism where we take all the shitty things in the world and we try to put a, a silver lining on it. Uh, so check that out. We just had a good episode out about uh, Australian animals. So nice. <laughs> enjoy that. I mean, not that they're bad, but you know, sometimes <laughs> you just hit positive in general. But yeah, check out my Patreon. I don't know what to do. Hold on, I want to talk to you about it. Yeah, we'll talk. Um, because I uh, I got a five dollar thing. Nudes. And that's it. Nudes. Yeah. Nudes. Nudes. I got one booty, <laughs> booty hole, but just the hole. So, it, but that's on there, and you guys can see that there if you want to check that out. Love it. The middle of May, I call it. <laughs> uh, hell yeah. Patreon.com forward slash Eddie Tunes, E D D I E T U N E S. Uh, give me a follow on Twitter over at uh, twitter.com slash at best Jake Young. Uh, you can read all my thoughts and plops. And uh, whenever some interesting ephemera from our weeks of research uh, shows up, I usually post it on there to share with the greater world. If you like the show, I think you'll like that. And also uh, the I'm still I'm still doing this VTuber thing. Uh, Holden. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah. I am streaming to the Internet, providing hour after hour of, uh, of uh, real time animated entertainment. Uh, I, I do it a couple days a week, but uh, the Thursday cartoon dumpster stream has become the flagship destination for all you puppet Jared heads. Uh, we go through uh, insanely bad and uh, intellectual property neglected uh, cartoons from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And we joke around. It's like a Saturday morning cartoons meets Mystery Science Theater. Lovely community of knowledgeable, funny people watching along with us. And uh, I think I think if you dig what we do, you will like what I'm doing over on Cartoon Dumpster Thursdays over at Puppet Jared on YouTube and Twitch. Hell yeah. And always remember, never stop bruising. And keep on whizzing. <laughs> yeah, that's our sign up. That's right. I like yeah. that. That's very good. That's right. Thank you. Keep it. Piss away, <laughs> listeners. Piss away. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell. Starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? 
Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.